0: quite unusual hello and welcome you are listening to the quite unusual podcast i'm noelle and i'm nicole and this is part two of amityville 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 um, we did part one last week. If this is your first time listening to it, stop right now and go back because you are missing part one, and that's pretty important because part one comes before part two. Yeah, and it's got all the gruesome, dirty details of the case. Dirty, dirty details.
1: Shall we give a little recap to I think uh, we should. remind?
0: Okay, so let's get into this little recap here. We went over how the Amityville Horror House is located on Long Island, which I, for some reason, didn't know. And apparently I'm the only person in America <laughs> that didn't know. No. Um, it's Nicole's dream house. Mm-hmm. Five bedroom, three and a half bath. Gorgeous. Comes with a free haunting. Mm-hmm. The first family we talked about were the DeFeos with Louise, the mother, Big Ron Ron, the father. Um, baby Ron, who is Butch. (laughs) Baby (laughs) Ron. Baby Ron. And then his four siblings who he murdered in cold blood. Very gruesomely. Yes. He woke up at 3 15 in the morning. Oh.
1: Oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you. What? I woke up last night Uh at three fifteen in the morning. I'm not I screenshotted it on my phone. Yeah. We can post it if nobody believes me, but I swear I woke up. I usually sleep with a face, an eye mask. Mm -hmm. And I woke up, for some reason felt the need to take off my eye mask, looked at my clock across the room, and it said three twelve. But I know it's um it's slow. Okay. So I picked up my phone and Uh it was three motherfucking fifteen am in the morning
0: i just got goosebumps mm-hmm. um you screenshotted it yeah okay let me see let me show you wow so did you murder your family i didn't are they Alive. they're still alive okay great great news for... but there's there's the screenshot oh my god oh my god okay also adorable background yeah, what's my, happening it's there? my dog it's our co-producer abara she is very adorable 3 15 in the morning this is terrifying yeah I know. I'm glad it, you didn't murder anyone. It happened. It's a sign that... I don't know, I
1: don't know what kind of sign that is, but it happened. It oh was very
0: God. terrifying. What kind of sign would that be? Like a demon came to visit you at 3.15 <laughs> in the morning? That's not a good sign. I took it as like a, hey, we like what you're doing oh. with our story. You know, that's true. One of our biggest no. fan bases... It's demons. hmm So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, any demons out there, like, rate, subscribe. Thanks so much.
1: Um, back to the DeFeo family. Yes, <laughs> back
0: to the DeFeos. So, little Ronnie Butch DeFeo, he murdered his family in cold blood. Used a gun. No one heard it. Um, he went to prison. Surprise, surprise. Family was all face down, shot in their oh, beds. Yep. It's an important little Very tip. important. I'm just going to breeze past that part. Yeah, he shot all of them in their beds while they slept, question mark.
1: Mm, question, big question mark.
0: Mm-hmm. And they were all face down. The way that they were found, and then so obviously they were all super dead, and then um butch defeo went <laughs> was that too casual um super dead they were super dead though, and Butch Defeo went to prison for six consecutive life sentences, mm-hmm. one for each of the family members that he murdered, and the little Lutzes moved in.
1: Yeah, and I think we all kind of already know about the Lutz family. If you've seen or heard of the movie, The Amityville Horror... Uh,
0: never seen it. Oh, okay,
1: well, you need to leave. Never heard of it. (laughs) It's basically about their experiences in the house. So just 13 months after the DeFeos moved in, George and Kathy and their three children and their dog move into the house. They, of course, got a huge bargain price... Um, probably had something to do with all of the murders happening 13 months before. But casual. (laughs) Very casual. A priest comes in. He blesses the house. He gets told to get out. They experience some creepy shit. There's an imaginary friend named Jody who looks like a pig. Cold spots. Ryan Reynolds isn't
0: Mm. there though. Just in case anyone's wondering sadly. Mm -mm. He's not. In the movie though. Him and his abs are Chopping wood. They're in the movie. All day. He's so cold. Oh, there was ectoplasm all over the walls. Ectoplasm. Foul odors. A hand
1: gets smashed in a window. There's a lion statue. Anyways, they leave (laughs) because all of this stuff is happening to them and they never return. And that's pretty much it for the Lutz family story. I think now... We should get into some of the
0: controversy and criticism. I think so. Regarding their experiences. So, as of right now, um, just in our little story, the house at 112 Ocean Avenue, mm. there's a, a place on Ocean Avenue. Where I used to sit and talk with you. We were both 16 and it felt so right. I should stop singing that. <laughs> I always sing on the podcast and then I'm like listening to it later and thinking, wow, I should stop singing on the podcast. I mean, I think it's beautiful. Thank you. But Thank you. yellow just card, fun. if you're out there, I'm available. But it is Ocean Avenue, which is actually kind of funny. So super fun. Actually, did you know that, that song um, is about the Amityville Horror House? It is not. Yes, it is. <laughs> think about the lyrics. There's a place on Ocean Avenue right? where I used to sit and haunt with you.
1: Is haunt the word that they use in that We lyric? were
0: both murdering and it felt so right. Stabbing all day, shooting up all night. <laughs> that might be drugs. I don't know if that's drugs or I'm not going to read into the lyrics that much there. Uh, drugs that you're on or that the mm-hmm. Ocean Avenue is on? Let's see card. what you did there. Yeah. Any Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some controversies and criticisms. So. Again. <laughs> shit. <laughs> so the biggest criticism that I just want to bring up here is that this is just kind of blatant exploitation of like Native Americans in yeah. this story, because as we talked about in part one, um, it's sort of a fallback for like white people to be like, "Oh, uh well, it's Indian yeah. burial ground." And then that automatically makes right. it haunted.
1: Like this and the whole poltergeist, well, the poltergeist movie, which isn't real, but all right. A lot of horror stories and movies in the 80s kind of leaned up on mm-hmm. that Native American burial ground thing,
0: which it's not great. It's not yeah, it's not it's not great. No, it's not. I mean, Theoretically, like any like graveyard could be haunty, yeah. Which I think, like, they kind of are ish, yeah. And like I said before, basically all of America is an Indian mm. burial ground, so it's terribly sad. So, yeah, yeah. So, that's a big thing is that it tort it, nope, it sort of like it sort of like just becomes this whole like white people lore to blame, like, a uh, scare quotes here, savage history. Yeah. On a haunting, and I feel like that's a little shitte, yeah, for being honest um we also talked about this last episode, but there is this rumor that the Lutzes couldn't afford payments on their house, hmm. so they decided to use the story of the defeos as sort of a way to like default on their loan quote unquote for a good reason, like they yeah. They definitely lost their ass on the house. Right. But they didn't have to, like, live there anymore. You know what I mean? But they also didn't have to live there in the
1: first place. Like, they could have found... It's a huge house. That's true. It's a very big house. And there's, what, they're a family of five?
0: Yeah. Five bedroom. They don't need five
1: bedrooms. That's true. They need, like, three max. The two boys can share.
0: Children are very small. They, like, will fit in cabinets you could keep one in the oven <coughs> don't turn it on i didn't say to <laughs> don't look at me that way <laughs> um, but i don't know it was just a thing that i saw so i thought that was sort of fun um and then the Cromarties, who is a family that purchased the house mm-hmm. after the Lutzes, they swear up and down that they never ever experience anything paranormal in the house yeah like, they're quoted as saying that the only haunting that they ever experienced was from the hordes of paranormal tourists that came to the house pretty much at all hours of the night. Right. But I mean,
1: like, I think we said in the first episode, they bought the house for, what, like, $55,000?
0: Yeah, it was, like, super cheap. So,
1: I mean, you kind of paid for the whole people coming in, just taking pictures of your house, and the fact that you didn't pay for the house.
0: That's true. <laughs> I did see one thing, though, that said that people would ring the doorbell and mm-hmm. then run away and then just, like, scream at the top of their lungs, like, hiding from, like, behind trees and stuff. Really? When, like, the Cromarties came to the door. What what does one get out of that? I don't understand that. It's a pretty sick prank, if you ask me. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Spooky stuff? I don't know. But the Cromarties did sue the Lutzes mm-hmm. and the author of Amityville Horror for over a million dollars for fraud and for yeah. damages. Hmm. And the fact that the case settled out of court makes me feel like maybe there's some truth to it being fake. Mm. But I guess you can't really prove that like a place is haunted. Yeah. Without but a doubt.
1: It's also kind of rude, I think, for the Cromarties to be like, we're suing you because what you experienced didn't happen. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like, I don't understand how that's a case because isn't it just, well, I mean, it's their word against the Lutzes but it's kind of shitty for them to be like, we don't think that you were haunted.
0: Right. But how can you
1: say that some person like didn't experience what they actually experienced?
0: oh totally and i i definitely agree with that that it's like Mm -hmm. a shitty case and i think that they just kind of wanted some money yeah because they bought a house super cheap i mean it's a fantastic house i mean they sound like assholes though (laughs) their fucking name is crow marty
1: they bought this house for super cheap knowing what happened in it and then they sue the owners of the house for having what happened to them knowing that it happened to them when they bought it Mm -hmm. it's kind of a dick move crow you marty
0: more like crow farty am i right <laughs> i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> you didn't know that <laughs> the lawyer one more thing i just want to bring up here is that yeah. the lawyer of butch DeFeo, his name is william Weber. so he later admitted after butch like went to prison and everything yeah he later admitted that he came up with like the whole story mm. of the hauntings and like the basically amityville horror with the lutzes, quote, over a bottle of wine. Just one
1: between the three of them?
0: <laughs> I'm going to assume it's a lot more. I'm going to need a solid 5. For because that. I can smash a bottle of wine. <laughs> uh yeah. So that's what he said. He said that basically there is where he gave like some gruesome details, some really specific stuff. Yeah. to the lutzes that had to do with Butch's crimes so that they could use it in their story to make it seem more accurate. Interesting. Like, here's where this happened, and, like, this was the time he got up and stuff like that, so that they could make the story seem more believable. Hmm. Which is interesting. And Weber stated that he'd been approached by the publisher, like, before the book was written, and was offered a large sum of money for the book rights to the DeFeo murder story. Okay. And he liked that idea. And he even stated that he would give up some royalties to Butch, which didn't sit right with a lot of people because basically that's paying him for the murders, if you will. Yeah. So I actually read that too. And I read that that's why
1: uh, the Lutzes apparently backed out of the deal with Weber because they weren't comfortable with giving him money for basically murdering his family. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable which makes sense but also if if the publisher had approached Weber the lawyer first for a book about the DeFeo murder story why Mm -hmm. wouldn't he just take all that money himself and just give them the DeFeo information why did the Lutz's have to be brought into it
0: I don't know maybe to like thicken the plot or something Mm. I actually don't know that's a really good point yeah right and I just want to bring this up too this might seem a little devil's advocate which is my least favorite thing to play. <laughs> but it is Ronnie's story. Like, Butch's story. Yeah. So. The murdering, you mean, of his family? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, agree. I mean, he murdered them. Right. But I almost, in a weird way, feel like if someone's going to sell the story, he should get something from it. I mean, Mm -hmm. he is a murderer, like times a thousand, yeah, or whatever. But you kind of forfeit that though once you murder your entire family. Oh yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean it is his
1: story, but he's also
0: yeah. Like you shouldn't be able to turn a profit from murdering your whole family. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, I guess you're right (laughs) on that one. All right, I take back what I said earlier. God, we're gonna get so much hate mail for that. I swear. I can't wait. And as you said earlier, Nicole, well, last episode, Mm -hmm. um, the Lutzes are the only ones that still maintain that the house was haunted to, like, the day that they die. Yeah, George, he did admit to some small elements of the story being fake, which we talked about in part one, such as, like, the green slime, um, and then there were other embellishments that didn't specifically happen the way that he had originally said. Yeah. This can, in my opinion lead to holes in the story and just kind of make it more of like a hoax right type it it questions his credibility
1: just as a whole i think Mm -hmm. definitely to me i mean i'm kind of team george here yeah but i mean to me it kind of makes it seem more realistic if he's actually coming out and saying like it didn't happen this way it happened this way but it still happened yeah like less of like lessening
0: what actually the movie and book said happened Right. I just want to come out here as pro George. Um I think that's important because I do want to believe people that claim that their houses are haunted. Yeah. Just because it's just it's such a ridiculous thing to make up. Right. In my opinion, cuz it just ruins your whole fucking life.
1: Yeah, and that I'll say it again, mm-hmm. that house, I don't know if I h- lived in that house I
0: wouldn't just like give it up. I know but you really like ghosts. I Really, just like that house. So. Would you want to live in that house, even if you knew it wasn't haunted?
1: Yeah, I would live in it either way. Okay, it's like it's actually my dream house—not like murders and everything else aside. Mm-hmm. It's actually my dream house.
0: It is very beautiful. Yeah, that's true. Lakefront—you can't get that unless there's been like a, a sextuple uh, murder. Yeah. There. Okay. Another little controversy here is that Danny Lutz, one of the two older Lutz children, he maintains that the house was haunted. Yes. And he will go as far to say that he himself was possessed by a dark spirit. Although, mm. did you watch that interview with him? Or like, there's like a um, um, there's a documentary. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. There's on, a documentary
1: with him in it on Netflix. It. I want to say I maybe watched it a solid 6 years ago. Okay. Um I think it was called My Amityville Horror or
0: I something. Thinks. So. I feel like I watched it so long ago.
1: Yeah, it uh-huh. was um hmm. I don't <laughs> I don't necessarily know how to describe it, but he was very weird. Very yes. very very strange.
0: I just feel like if you do watch it, um and any of our listeners, if you have watched it, let us know what you thought of it, because to watch him speak, there's, like, something going on there. He seems like he might be on drugs. Maybe. Um, which he,
1: <sighs> maybe he started to do after all of this happened to could him. Could be. That's a good point. Um, He kind of seems unbelievable,
0: like, in what he's saying, but... He, he seems unwell to me. Yeah. Like, I would use the term haunted by mm. something. Yeah. Whether it's like a paranormal thing or maybe drug use. Or or maybe like a mental, he's just like so messed up from the experiences. Yeah. it's Yeah, he's definitely not all there. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And like, I really want to believe him because he seems so fucked up over the whole thing. Right. But at the same time, I just feel like there's so many other probable mental health issues going on and like haunting him Mm -hmm. that it's not just ghosts that are sort of bothering him. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And Danny and his brother, Christopher, they claim that their father, George, was into the occult. Yes. Have you heard this? Yes. Yes. I'm obsessed with this idea. Me too. And so the theory here is that George actually summoned spirits into the house. Mm-hmm. Danny described his father, George, as being a violent disciplinarian. And mm-hmm. he said that he even seemed kind of possessed sometimes.
1: Yeah. So I what I remember distinctly from the documentary that Mm -hmm. i that i watched was that he claims that one time he had well he says that george was into the occult and he would do Mm -hmm. like seances and stuff all the time but he says that one time when he was younger he walked in on george and that uh things in the room around him were just levitating yeah and but like we said like his credibility is not the greatest so yeah that's like what that whole documentary like was about though it was him trying to say that the reason why the house was haunted was because of george and because george was into the occult
0: do you think george invited these spirits into their home um like what do you think
1: i don't know i don't think that it I don't... I don't know. I just... Honestly, Danny Lutz just seems like he's kind of a wacko. Yeah. Um, I think that a part of it had also had to do with the fact of the DeFeo's possessions being there. I think that's a big part of it. I think that was a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, and whether or not Butch DeFeo heard voices or if he was just mentally ill. Right. Maybe something attached to their possessions that were left and that's why the hauntings were there because no other resident from that point on was
0: ever haunted so i don't know though i really think that that's a really great that's great what you just said because we talked about this last on the last part um but i'm a very firm believer in ghosts and paranormal and spirits and all that stuff yeah it's real I have no doubt in my mind that it's real. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times spirits will attach themselves to objects. Right. Especially like really emotional objects. So if it's something you loved in your life, that's where you go basically when you die. You know what I mean?
1: And I also think that it's... So I read that they were non-practicing Christians or Catholics, George and Kathy. And so, when they first moved in, it, from, so their friend had actually, actually suggested that they do the blessing. Oh, yeah. And to me, if you're into the occult, if you're, I don't know what you would identify, maybe you're Wiccan, maybe you're just, maybe was, I don't know. Satanist. Satanist, you don't know. He just says that he's into the occult. I don't see him openly inviting a priest to bless his house if he doesn't believe in that you know if that's not hit the religion that he chooses to follow it would seem weird that he would yeah. open his home to a priest to bless
0: that's true but maybe the reason he sort of did his little occult I'm gonna call him plays and skits his <laughs> occult plays and skits um, was that there was a priest and it did bless the house and he wanted to kind of bring that evil back I know I'm totally mm. grasping at straws here and just painting him in like a bad light or whatever <laughs> I understand that and I'm not sorry, but okay. Danny did say that he seemed sort of possessed sometimes and that he was really strict and he wasn't their father. So maybe it comes from there that you yeah. just didn't feel like the love for him that you would your own father. That's definitely possible. But I don't know. I think a lot of people we don't expect to be into like Satanism and like occult and like ritual sacrifice and cults and, Shit, yeah, are actually very <laughs> into it, and you just don't think that they are. And I when guess you see that's them, true, we
1: don't, we can't really judge George Lutz by his bell bottom cover.
0: That's right, by his bell bottomed <laughs> cover. Those bell bottoms <laughs> hit a whole other personality, a whole other level. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess that's kind of all I have for like criticisms here, mm-hmm. but. It just... There's a lot going on. and Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're never going to know because the Lutzes refused. Well, now they're dead. But, like, yeah. they never, ever told what actually happened the night that they left. Right.
1: And I think that the My Amityville Horror, that documentary, yeah. came out after George died. Oh. Just to point that out. I do not think that George was alive when that came
0: out. Do you think it came out after he died because the boys felt free to speak their mind or because either couldn't rebut
1: either yeah either way that's definitely
0: yeah the possibility. yeah because
1: he died in 2006 and that documentary i want to say came out after that at least i watched it way after 2006 yeah so who knows
2: hi there i'm megan And I'm Danielle. And we are Crime and Roses. We are a true crime and Bachelor franchise recap podcast. Yeah, we're both. We are two Georgia attorneys watching and recapping all things Bachelor just for you. So we're talking Bachelor, Bachelorette... Bachelor in Paradise, Winter Games, Summer Games, all the games. Basically any show that ABC comes up with and forces us to watch. And then we'll release a true crime episode connected to what we've seen on the show that week. So if you don't like true crime, we have The Bachelor. And if you don't like The Bachelor, we have true crime. And if you don't like either... We're probably not the podcast for you. And that's okay. So if you're into one of those things, both of those things, come check us out as we combine our two favorite things into one-stop listening shop for you. So find us on your favorite podcatcher and on social media at Crime and Roses and email us at crimeandroses at gmail.com. Bye. Love you. Mean it. Uh,
1: do we want to get into some popular culture and other fun facts?
0: I love a fun fact. <laughs> There's a lot of them. <laughs> okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, as you can probably assume, several paranormal investigators were just chomping at the bit to get into the action and investigate. Most notable investigators being Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh. <sighs> Yeah. And it's one of their most famous cases because <laughs> duh. It's I would say probably the most famous haunted house
0: case in America, undoubtedly. Yeah. Like if you say Amityville, someone says horror. Everyone knows, yeah,
1: am- everyone knows Amityville horror. So yeah. 20 days after the Lutzes left the house, oh, super soon. Yeah. Ed and Lorraine Warren were contacted by a news reporter to investigate. Hmm. So, Ed and Lorraine, they get together a team of people, and they go to investigate the home. While they're investigating, a number of strange things happen. Ed was pushed to the ground in the basement Mm, mm -hmm. while he was trying to provoke spirits with religious instruments. So, I'm assuming probably holy water, crosses, that type of thing. As we know, Ed and Lorraine were very into their religion and everything that they did kind of... Emulated that,
0: yeah. They're very, um, animated in their religion, I guess. Yes, yeah.
1: so Lorraine, who we know as she's kind of like the medium of the two, like she's very sensitive to things. So she says that she was just very overwhelmed by a demonic presence within the house. And she claims that she continued to just physically see the DeFeo families, Whoa. their bodies just laid on the ground, covered in white sheets. Whoa! Yeah, super intense.
0: <laughs> it's pretty scary.
1: I know. I don't. Can you imagine being a medium and seeing? No. no. I would love no. it, but also hate it.
0: I feel like, I feel like you wouldn't love it. Yeah, I know. I say that, but I don't. I don't think I would. Remember that show, Medium oh with um patricia Patricia i never watched that but yes i recall (laughs) patricia if you're listening uh, just go over to the girls from quite unusual podcast want to talk to patriciaarquette dot com and it is literally a website we made for you Mm. so just pop in there send us a little email and say hey girl hey girl hey anyways back to the fun facts so The creepiest
1: part of this whole investigation, we only really have the experiences from the people who were actually there. Right. But the creepiest thing captured from the investigation, and it's a famous picture, and it's that of a ghost boy
0: inside of the house. I just posted this on our Instagram. And I want to be honest with you right now. Mm -hmm. When I say that I looked at it one time, It freaked me the fuck out. It's terrifying. And I haven't even been on Instagram since then because I don't want to (laughs) look at it. So
1: if you go to our Instagram, you can see the actual picture, but I can describe it for you. So the picture is of a little boy and he's on the second floor and it's almost as if he's peering around a corner and... He has glowing, just like white eyes. So it it just looks like a normal boy, but picture just with white eyes, which shouldn't be scary, right? Because it's just a boy. However, <laughs> there, were, there were no children in the house at this time. This was Ed and Lorraine and their team of people. This was their investigation. So there were no children. So there's no reason why a picture of a boy should have been captured at this time. And it's also even to make it even creepier. It's believed to be the ghost of John DeFeo. It looks exactly like this boy. If you look, so there's a side-by-side of the little ghost boy face with John DeFeo, they have the exact same like hair swoop, bang,
0: the little nose.
1: Yeah. They look the
0: same. And the it's, nose is exactly the same. It's even more freaky. I'm looking at it right now and like mm. freaking out. Um, it almost looks like a disembodied head. Like if you look, because mm-hmm. he's kind of peering over this railing and there's like yeah. spindles you can see through. Yeah. But there's like some sort of shape there. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't to me look like an actual body. It's like wispy white. Yeah. Like sort of just filled in space. Super ghosty. Very. <laughs> like what you think of as like a Casper the Friendly Ghost type.
1: Yeah, it's actually terrifying.
0: It's very, very scary, and I'm going to stop looking at it right now. <laughs> so the Warrens,
1: in their investigation of the house in the area, they also discovered that the land that the house was built on used to be owned by a man named John Ketchum.
0: Who is John Ketchum?
1: John Ketchum was said to be a practitioner of black magic. <gasps> no yes and he reportedly had a cottage on that piece of land before the house was built maybe it was the house that you talked about
0: oh yeah i forgot about that
1: i don't know if it's the same
0: in part one we talked about how there was a house on that property that got moved before the amityville famous house was built yeah could be (gasps) his house
1: whoa It's also said that John had requested that his remains be burned on the property where he died. And they're supposedly still there today. That's a very strange request. Yeah. So, and also if you, as we talked about the remake with Ryan Reynolds, Mm -hmm. they kind of bring in the whole Ketchum when they it's like the catch him and kill him like they kind of try to tie in john ketchum oh
0: yeah and he like goes in the basement and there's like that false wall and it has like a yeah and they have like
1: if i'm if i'm remembering correctly because i honestly haven't watched in a while but remember like on the refrigerator there's like the alphabet magnets Uh and it's like catch him and kill him it like spells it out or something i wonder if they made they made that up for the movie well, they used the Ketchum – they used that as a reference, but I think the Ketchum and Killam part was totally – Very scary. Just a Hollywood thing. Yeah. So they also claimed that the Shinnecock Indians used to house their sick and they're crazy on this piece of land. Also, I guess, going hand-in-hand hand with uh-huh. the whole it's on a Native American,
0: burial yeah. ground thing. Yeah. And um, the Shinnecock Indians – are part of like the like greater Algonquin tribe mm-hmm. which is the same, not the same as but it's under the umbrella the Montauk and the Shittatauk uh, under okay. that Got so it. there's some credence to this mm. so it's said that this
1: piece of land is kind of just where they like left their sick and their crazy just to die just to house them in a place just so they would, you know, peacefully be able to right.
0: die sort of like a Like an old-timey asylum of sorts.
1: Yeah. Basically, they didn't know what to do with them, so they just brought them here. Yeah. Is what they say.
0: Yeah. And then again, supposedly, they buried them face down Mm -hmm. for some sort of reason that we don't know. Right. So if this is
1: true, that energy would just... That pain and suffering just left in the area would just cause a lot of negative and dark energy that could also be the cause of the demonic energy and why all... It was just kind of sort of heavy for the DeFeo and the Lutz family. Totally. So they believed that these dark energies and the demonic beings are what had an influence on the DeFeo and the Lutz's families. This is what the Warrens believe.
0: Well, if there definitely was a dark energy there, Mm -hmm. that's going to try to control you. Yeah. I mean um like the the father de big ron he heard that voice when he was praying to his little statue yeah. the kids heard voices right george heard voices ronnie yeah. heard voices they all heard voices right so i feel like if there was a dark energy it probably was trying to get into people's heads
1: oh for sure and i mean who knows maybe like we said earlier how the defeos were said to have been sensitive ronnie and his children yeah to that thing who knows maybe george was also sensitive to that thing and that's Could why be. it
0: attached to those two families specifically and no one else right and there's a lot of ooh, i just thought of this there's a lot of young children in both of these families yeah there, yeah, and children are very open to this oh, stuff. Yeah. yeah, I keep getting goosebumps. I don't know if it's because I'm cold or because I'm just ghostatizing. <laughs> but I don't know. I just thought of that. I mean, yeah. these are young families with a lot of young children, and yeah, maybe that just was prey for these demons. Yeah, and the because Cromarties didn't have any children.
1: Oh, they were just a young couple. Yeah, so maybe there's something to that. Interesting. Ed was also quoted as saying, this was no ordinary haunted house. On a scale of 1 to 10, this was a 10. And this quote was taken from the 2000 documentary Amityville Horror or Hoax. Okay. So it was... Which I haven't seen that one. I'm going to have to check that one out.
0: Yeah. Love a spooky documentary.
1: Yeah. Fun fact. Love a
0: fun fact. Actually, George Lutz
1: was in a litigation battle with MGM over the 2005 remake with Ryan Reynolds. Okay, why? So, (laughs) this is actually kind of funny. He hated how he was portrayed. What? Not the fact that he was portrayed as Ryan Reynolds without a shirt chopping wood, but more so for the fact that he was portrayed as brutally killing a dog, and in that movie he tries to kill his family and i think in that movie they he gets possessed with the spirit of john ketchum doesn't he yes and he tries to kill his family and then the wife takes him away on the boat and and then then, he's better and then they're fine yeah yeah so george
0: lutz the real george lutz didn't like that which who can blame him so george lutz dialed 1-800 get a lawyer now (laughs) and he's like Oh, hey, it's Jordan here. Oh, uh, yeah, they portrayed me as Ryan Reynolds. And I just want to say, have you seen his abs? I don't even know you can get, like, an eight pack. I'm over here, living in a dad bod. And I'm like, I don't even look like Ryan. And yeah, he kills a dog. And, like, I don't, I, I don't even have a dog, so this is unrealistic. But, like, his biceps. I just, I just feel like... That's not me. Like, was was Jim Belushi not available to do this role? Because that just seems more realistic. And then he sued MGM over it. And you know it was about that. Absolutely. Because then people were, like, Google imaging George Lutz. And they're like, oh, he just looks like Jim Belushi. <laughs> and then they just weren't excited. So that's what it was about. That's what it...
1: Right. But also mm-hmm. the fact that he was seen as, like, abusive and all that is what uh, he claims. Mm, that was like second in the case. It was the abs first. Yeah. So George did not win in this when he called and gave that whole spiel that you just <laughs> recited word for word accurately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a Los Angeles judge ruled against Lutz saying that he could not sue the producers over how he was portrayed because it fell under the anti-slap statue oh so he didn't get anything basically they were like you can't sue us for portraying you as being a piece of shit with
0: nice abs (laughs) (laughs) better than being a piece of shit with bad abs i guess
1: that's very true he could have been jim belushi as a piece of shit which is like 10 times worse oh my god it's way worse (laughs) so i think we mentioned this earlier too but another fun fact is that People just kept on coming up to the house, so they decided to change the address to one oh eight instead of one hundred twelve, which an easy Google search can show you.
0: Like (laughs) the actual house is. The house literally looks almost
1: identical. Right. It's kinda like what they did with uh John Wayne Gacy's house. Oh yeah. They changed that ad they changed his address too, but anyone with the capability of Googling can easily find and it's not even at his house anymore it's a completely different house but it's right. on the plot of land right it's anyone can find it it doesn't make a difference so it's so ridiculous it's, maybe in like the 70s and 80s it made a difference right but now with the internet it really doesn't count when
0: you had to like look things up in the phone book and you're like oh 112 doesn't exist yeah. so you just like i don't know played scrabble or something <laughs> right you played cards yeah go fish whatever you did in the 70s before the internet
1: So, a very, very, very fun and awesome fact. The house (laughs) was recently on the market. What? Too bad I was 20 at the time, so I was not (laughs) able to buy it. But in 2010, the house sold for $950,000. That's so much money. So much money, especially having, I mean, what the history of the house? You would think it would be kind of,
0: I don't know. I would think it would just be less money than that. But. I mean, the Crow Marty's bought it for fifty-five thousand. Yeah, yeah, and now it's nine hundred thousand mm. more than that.
1: Yeah, but it also went on the market again in twenty seventeen, and I remember when this happened because I was literally like, "I need to sell everything that I own just so I can move and buy this house."
0: Oh my god, I support you,
1: but. It sold in 2017 for $605,000. So specific. I
0: know. But way less. Way less. And the economy is terrible right now. So maybe people will sell it and it'll be like $85 and we can all like put $5 in and like...
1: I'm just saying... Buy the house together. The next time it goes on sale... I'm not saying, but I'm saying... Say it. I don't care how much money it is. We'll fucking buy it together
0: and live... (laughs) together in that house I can't wait to live in a murder house yes but waterfront views and you cannot beat that Let's set up a goFundMe oh. for the next time it comes up if you go to dot Nicole and Noel from the quite unusual podcast mm. really want to live in the amityville horror house yes backslash backslash please. Dot .com. Mm. We will let you stay there for 48 hours. We're going to have house guests. We could be it could be an Airbnb. We will just let people come. The greatest Airbnb of it's all time. It's BYOB, we'll supply the ghosts, okay? <laughs> come over, hang out with us in our murder house. So
1: Yeah, but also fun fact is that since all of this happened, mm-hmm. the house has been owned by four different owners. Really? And none of them have reported anything supernatural.
0: We'll, we'll be the fifth owners. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll report for real. This we'll drudge time. up some
1: ghosts and demons and paranormal activity. Mm, Drudging it up. So I want to know what you believe, Noel.
0: Oh, I believe so many things.
1: Okay. Do Obs- you believe the Lutzes? And their story? Yes. Okay.
0: Okay. Do, I'm going to start at the beginning here. Okay. With the DeFeos. Okay. Do I believe that Ronnie DeFeo, the, the baby boy Butch, Butch. DeFeo, yes. the murderer? Yeah. Do I believe that some sort of supernatural power helped him murder his entire family in cold blood at three fifteen in the morning? Yes. Mm, okay. It doesn't make sense that he could shoot six people. True. With a rifle. Slash handgun. True. And no one heard him. None of the other members of the family were out of their beds. Yeah. There wasn't, like, this crazy bloody crime scene everywhere. yeah. So, I feel like something happened where either they were paralyzed in some sort of way. Yeah. Or, like, the sound was deafened. Yeah. And then also, they live right on the water. And water carries sound. Very true. And none of the neighbors heard a gunshot, but they heard a dog bark. Yeah. So you heard a dog bark,
1: but the not a rifle. Yeah,
0: the dog definitely heard it. Oh, for sure. But dogs can hear like things yeah. no one else can. Mm-hmm. So that's different. hmm So the gun was discharged a minimum of eight times. hmm No one heard anything. Yeah. That to me just doesn't... It says otherworldly. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Definitely there's...
1: If it's not supernatural, then there had to have been a second shooter. Maybe the Dawn thing or the Ronnie thing does hold up. But I don't know. It doesn't make sense that his story, his credibility as a person just kind of is all over the place. So you can't really believe anything that he says. Oh, for sure. But I want to believe that it was definitely something supernatural.
0: Right. Just for the fact that, like, I don't want to believe a person could kill their entire family like that. Yeah. Also. So if he was possessed, it's sort of like he didn't do it. He was a conduit for the spirit almost. Mm -hmm. So in my like heart of hearts, I don't think he worked alone. Yeah. And I think it was probably something supernatural.
1: Okay. What about the Lutzes?
0: I think that they I believe that they believe that they saw ghosts and that they were being tormented by yeah me spirits too. of some sort same I for sure believe in ghosts a hundred thousand <laughs> bajillion percent same but I don't know I just I I think that I always believe people that say that they saw a ghost or me they too. heard a ghost me too what do you think what do you believe about all I, of this I agree with you
2: I
1: agree with you on that um The only weird thing to me is that nobody else ever experienced anything. Do you think they were closed off to it? Either they were closed off or, like, the possession thing. Like, maybe it was an attachment to the possessions.
0: Yeah. But then how do you explain, like, the DeFeos?
1: Yeah. Well, so it's actually interesting because Ed and Lorraine Warren claimed that the ghosts had also followed them. Oh. From the house. The Lutzes? Yeah. So, well, once they, when they did the investigation. I mean, and obviously, say with, like, the Warrens are, I think that it's important to recognize, like, the work that they did.
2: Yeah. With
1: with all, like, paranormal investigations and stuff like that. But I don't necessarily agree 100% with their methods and Mm -hmm. their beliefs and stuff like that. But a
0: little problematic.
1: They are. Um but I do think that their work and in their investigations and stuff definitely is important to recognize in the
0: paranormal community. I agree. They're definitely like a pillar of paranormal investigation yeah. legitimacy. So the, yeah, so they claimed that the ghosts had followed them. Okay.
1: Um so who knows? Maybe the ghosts followed the Lutzes. They could be. Danny's pretty messed up. Maybe Ugh. he's haunted in some certain type
0: of way. But yeah. the Lutzes did
1: move to California,
0: right? So, and they moved across large bodies of water, yeah, which we've been over the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That that can disrupt the little spirit signals, exactly, and cause them to so ditch any hitchhikers. Yeah, I don't know who who knows about all that. I'm,
1: I'm not an expert. Yeah. I only pretend to be.
0: Yes, <laughs> and and boy, do we pretend. <laughs>
1: uh. Yeah. So that is that's all we have for our Amniville series. That was good. I know. It was it's one of my favorite that I've been dying dying to do that for some time. So spooky. I love it. Yeah, and if anyone has any Amnival stories, Amniville, just anything about Amityville... Maybe you have a certain theory that we haven't explored. Yes. Let us know. Write
0: to us. Or have you been there? I want to know. Do you live there? <gasps> I want to hear from people that have <laughs> been near the Amityville house. Like, have you seen it? Does it feel spooky dooky? Mm, so good.
1: And we also have some listener lore, I think, to share with you guys. We
0: super do. Okay. So this listener lore. Nope. <laughs> This listener lore comes from our Instagram friend, Molly G. She lives in Ohio. Mm. I want to give you guys some background on this first because we chatted for like 13,000 hours about this super (laughs) crazy story that I think we should do a full episode on actually. It's called the Egypt Valley. mm, I guess not case or anything but it's like the egypt valley ohio it's just full of like cult activity like there was a murder there creepy very wild okay so this little background before listener lore the area of egypt valley in ohio is said to be haunted by the ghosts of Catherine fox and thomas carr this story takes place in the 1860s Catherine was a 13 year old girl and And she was, I'm going to use scare quotes here, engaged to a much older man named Thomas. Okay. He was 24. A
1: 13-year-old engaged to a 24-year-old.
0: Yes. I feel like that happened a lot back then, though. Maybe. That's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're right, for sure. I mean, it's disgusting, for sure, but it wasn't unheard of. (laughs) (laughs) Right, for sure. Well, Catherine's parents, they said no. No you're not going to be engaged. We're not having this. Good. You're 13 years old. Go back to work. Basically. So they were both her parents. Don't get married. Go back to work. It was this. It was the 1860s. It's true. You know, if you're not married, you you're work. working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Catherine's parents, they broke off this quote unquote engagement. Mm-hmm. They were super uneasy about Thomas's age, the age difference. And then, I looked into Thomas Carr a little bit. Mm -hmm. He's like a super bad person. He was a crazy murderer. Before he. Yes. He had like this insane history of violence. Okay. He would like ambush people and murder them for fun. How did he get away with all this? It was the 1860s.
1: Okay, yeah. So basically everyone could have just been a murderer.
0: Yeah, I feel like. Just get away with it. Probably. Mm -hmm. So they did not love him. And then when Thomas learned that he wasn't allowed to marry this 13-year-old girl, Mm -hmm. he became extremely angry and he seriously vowed to get revenge on them. On the family? Yeah. Wow. So on January 1st, 1869 Catherine was waiting for thomas behind a fence on her route home from work or school i saw both so unsure mm-hmm. yeah so Catherine approached thomas thomas spoke with her he kissed her one last time and then he brutally murdered her by <gasps> slitting her throat two inches deep into her jugular what with a razor that he stole from a barber shop Then he stabbed her multiple times, and then he ran away. I'm sorry, all because he couldn't marry her? Yes, correct. So Catherine's little brother, his name is Willie, adorable. Mm -hmm. He was with her at the time. He saw all this go down. He immediately ran away and told his parents, because hi, right? Yeah. The next morning, Thomas attempted to kill himself by slashing his own throat. He then attempted to shoot himself with a gun he had borrowed from his friend. He failed both times. Wait, so he failed both of those things? Yes. This guy's a fucking loser. (laughs) Just saying. He can't stab himself or shoot himself? No. Wow. Yeah. So then he got arrested. And fun fact, he became the very first person like in Ohio to ever be hung to death. He was hanged by his neck for murdering a 13-year-old. So that's a little background. Very fun, super fun story. Yeah. So, tons. our friend Molly, she says, "Hey Molly." <laughs> she says, "When I went to Egypt Valley, it was 2012. I was pregnant with my oldest at the time. It was me and Ryan, who's her husband, and two carloads of his cousin. We went late in the afternoon so it would be just getting dark when we got to the memorial site of, you know, the grave." Of Catherine. Of Catherine? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yes. So, it would be totally dark when we got to the graveyard. Nothing really weird happened at the memorial site, but shit got very crazy when we went to the cemetery. (gasps) Ooh. Everyone except me and the drivers were drinking and smoke-a-lokin, having a good time. <laughs> Do I sound like a cool person if I say smoke-a-lokin? smoke a I like Yeah, it. I think that's what people that smoke say, right? Mm, nah. I don't know. I don't eat drugs, so I don't know. We don't say that. I don't smoke drugs. <laughs> Token of fat doobie. Mm, warmer, <laughs> but still. Drug words. Okay, <laughs> so they were drinking and smoking and having a really good time, and I she says, I remember hating that I was pregnant at the time. LOL. <laughs> I get it, girl. That's so accurate. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I would hate it, too. Right? I'd be like these
1: fucking assholes. I are dr- I'm drunk, and I've got to be sober
0: for this. So ridiculous. feel you, Molly. Mm. So she says, um, I remember hating that I was pregnant at the time. LOL. But then I'm glad I wasn't intoxicated, knowing what comes next. <gasps> we went to look at the headstones and started heading back to the car thinking really this was a wasted trip so we all went back to the cars and we started to bullshit a little bit before the trip home when all of a sudden an all black suv comes out of nowhere Whoa. they had very tinted black windows and they slowly rolled past us rolled the windows down when they were passing in our cars so we s- we were sitting in our cars still visible and they fired a gun three times in the air what and then they took off in their car as they were firing all of ryan her husband all his cousins formed around me the pregnant girl i know so sweet to make sure i didn't get shot (laughs) they ushered me into the car so fast Both of our cars were started. We took off. One car went around the loop because it's on a dead end. Uh Uh-huh. Around the loop one way. The other car went the other way. The black SUV just fucking disappeared. What? None of us saw the vehicle after that. There was no dust trail. It's a dirt road. Nothing to be seen. What? Nothing anywhere.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: People think that the government has like a testing site out there. And that would explain why they were able to disappear off the hidden drive mm. and we didn't see anything. Mm. We also thought this to be true because I don't think that they were actually trying to hurt no, us. No, it sounds
1: like they were trying to scare him away. Right. Especially were, with like the
0: bang, bang, bang. like Yeah, firing into the Ugh. air and like the slow roll. Yeah. and Yeah. So she continues. They were just trying to get us out of there so we didn't find something that we weren't supposed to. Ooh. She continues with, they say if you walk in 10 large loops at the end of the dead end, that you just disappear, which is fun. Oh my gosh. I asked her if she ever did this, and she said, As for the 10 circles, nah. I said, Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a lot of walking. So, yeah. Ryan said he tried once before they got together. But he ended up only doing three. It's a pretty big loop, so you'd have to be very dedicated to do it. Holy crap. She said we should look up the case. And she said the area is full of supposed ritual sacrifice and cult activity. She also told me that her husband, back in the day, yeah. um, he was sort of hanging out over there. And these two girls came up to him. And they looked like total witches. And they were, like, super gothy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you should come hang out with us. And it was very scary, and his friend was like, no, no, that's the area they do ritual sacrifice in. Where is this in Ohio? I don't know. I didn't look it up.
1: Ohio yeah, it was is not too far from us, so I'm feeling a trip to the cemetery in our future. You
0: always want to go to the scariest places. I do. I want to
1: investigate.
0: Wow. Oh. That was...
1: A wild trip, Molly G.
0: Yes. Thanks for writing in, Molly. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. It was a cool story. So I think we should kind of look more into this and maybe we'll do like a little podcast on it. I'm so, so here for it. Yeah. Super crazy. Thanks for writing in, Molly. And if you guys have any stories like this, Mm -hmm. anything creepy happened to you, any ghost stories you want to tell us, please, 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 please. Send them in. You can email us at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. You can slippery slide and do our DMs on the face page, on Twitter, on Instagram. We're also at quiteunusualpod.com and all of the bullshit social meds.
1: And honestly, thank you guys for listening so much. Um, If you like what you hear, we just ask that you rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. It really does help us. And we're just... Thankful that you guys are here and continuing to listen to us and we're so thankful. We're so
0: thankful. Um, and I wanna do a little international shout out while we're thanking mm, everyone. Okay. We have officially been listened to on six continents.
1: What? That's insane.
0: There's only seven. Wow. What's
1: the missing continent?
0: Antarctica. Oh. well of course once we get the penguin population (laughs) in on our podcast that's when you rule the world that's amazing thank you Mm -hmm. thank you thank you so much yes thank you guys and as always
1: remember to celebrate the strange and
0: keep it unusual bye bye